0: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for a special uh, Football Scoop podcast. We're going to take this one uh, straight to the Twitter as well. Put it on the website, footballscoop.com. We want to come on and talk about this whole Connor Stallions, uh, Michigan uh, scouting uh, debacle, uh, in-person scouting, which is, you know, explicitly not allowed by the NCAA. With the whole thing that's blowing up with him having been uh, within the team access you know, within the bench area uh, for central Michigan at Michigan state at their season opener. Uh, John Bryce not one to talk about that uh, and see where we go. So after central Michigan, Jim McElwain played the other night, uh, you know, at his postgame presser, he, he addressed this and he said, we're certainly aware of it. Uh, we've recently become aware of it. And, um, uh, He certainly didn't have a named credential. He had a credential, but he was not on our list. Um, And to be honest, Jim has to say that. Jim most certainly um, could not have approved that because that would be admitting to a serious rules violation. Uh, I don't know that everybody knows the team access badges, the credentials, how that works. So, John, I'm going to recap that. Jump in for me if you need to. Uh, Before every game, typically... Uh, I would say by Friday before a game, if not sooner uh, operations uh, director of football operations, or someone in that group of the staff exchanges with the other team, a document that is signed by the head coach. So this uh, NCAA bylaws allow up to 50 non football players within the team area, basically within the bench area. And, the head coach has to sign a form every week before the game, and uh, in a conference matchup, that form also gets sent to the conference office. In a this was a MAC versus a Big Ten, uh, I believe they still send it to their respective conferences. Uh, so the head coach has to sign off on it. Either the athletic director or his designee, typically that's a um, like a sport administrator signs off on that as well. But they are named. So you, you're you allowed up to 50. They are named by individual name. Um, so Central would have filled out that form. What happens is the actual badges, the physical thing gets sent in advance from Michigan State to Central Michigan. Central Michigan would have had that typically weeks in advance. And then Central Michigan applies their own little names to them. Uh, almost every team that I've spoken with applies names, individual names to them, Uh, they certainly would not have written Connor Stallions. They would have been well aware of that. So the list that Central Michigan sent, which Jim McElwain signed, and presumably his athletic director or their designee signed, was transmitted to Michigan State. Um, So Jim can't acknowledge perjuring himself. Jim McElwain has to say, he wasn't on our list. I'm not real sure. We're investigating this, John. In your mind, how long would it take a college football program to investigate how someone got sideline?
1: It shouldn't take very long, um, as you alluded to. It's it's a very um, it's very regimented process, so to speak. I mean those those are things are sent. Uh, almost exclusively uh, via FedEx or UPS, they're they're sent mm-hmm. in a in a document pouch that has to be signed for by someone within the athletics department. Then that pouch sits on the the uh, the desk, whatever desk is right outside the football head football coach's office. Is the way I've seen it everywhere in, in numerous programs, whether it's the University of Tennessee or Notre Dame or wherever. That that pouch is in control of people uh, within the football program. Now I think it's fairly common then a lot of the passes don't end up with names written on them. They're passed out um, to standard sideline people. And then it's up to an individual to put his or her name on them. And, and I thought it was interesting when, when Jim McElwain had the chance in his post-game press conference to say, there's no chance that was Connor Stallions. He was never on our sideline. He said, our people are, are getting to the bottom of this. And I, I think that's pretty telling, um, you know, and, and look, a head coach, Is worried about a number of things on um, on a Friday night. But unless it's somebody standing in the middle of your team box that you have no recognition of whatsoever, that person is not on your mind. The game is on your mind. Um, But it's it's weird. The the video that's floating around out there appears to show the individual with some uh, smart device glasses on. There are a couple of different types of those. Through the years, I had a buddy of mine who had some Google chat glasses or Snapchat glasses that you could record certain amounts of video with. And then uh, Ray-Ban within the past year or so also came out with some smart sunglasses that you could also uh, capture imaging with. So uh, just a, a really bizarre situation, another wrinkle. Um, and if if it's proved by Central Michigan officials or revealed to be beyond a shadow of a doubt, Connor Stallions, then it's yet another intricate level of what has proved to be um just one of the the deepest alleged cheating scandals in all of college sports maybe all of any sports ever
0: i um i travel a modest amount to some away games um games outside of where i live and frequently uh teams will give me sideline passes uh it's happened twice this year uh to do that now, I don't get bench access. I've right. been given bench access one time, and that was many, many years ago, uh, in connection with a story we were doing, uh, kind of inside story, and you know locker room access and all those things. Typically, I get the sideline pass, which is outside the bench area. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in order to get those, uh, you gotta you gotta provide a lot of information to the university. Compliance does a lot of checks, and then game day. They are there. Check people are there checking your credentials. Coaches are. Um, they're they're a little nervous. Coaches on the sidelines are looking at if if they don't know who you are, they right. ask an operations guy to come over and talk to you and make sure they understand who you are. If you were within the bench area and they didn't know who you were, you're not there long. Yeah, yeah. there's no chance. No. So, I mean, I'm just going to let y'all know. Central Michigan knew exactly who was there. Jim yeah. McLean will never say that. But I'm letting you know Central Michigan knew exactly who was there. Uh, This is – so obviously this is a problem for Central Michigan. It's a bigger problem for Michigan.
1: Yeah, and I I think it's important to note, and and we laid this out in in some of our coverage this week on footballscoop.com, is um, it's a really short drive from uh, Ann Arbor to Central Michigan. Um, There was a Saturday game. or or Ann Arbor to East Lansing where where Michigan state was hosting central Michigan. That was a Friday evening game because the the big 10 likes playing those Thursday Friday games, especially earlier in the season when they're ramping things up and Michigan not play until Saturday. Um, And Michigan state is Michigan's heated rival. So um, it, it, again, it continues to be, To me, the depth and the breadth of the situation is what stands out the most. And um, the more you have this guy showing up and all these images and it's seemingly a new image by the day that that pops up showing Connor Stallions um, on a sideline somewhere, the more it becomes harder and harder for everyone to say, oh, we don't know who this guy is, you know, like sidelines, major college football sidelines. Are incredibly secure areas, um, and, and again, over the course of an entire game, they're they're really secure. You might uh, you might be able to blend in with the media, as you alluded to, and the photographers, um, especially if you have a camera or whatever, and you're in that area where other people are shooting the game or photographing the game. But you cannot survive in a team bench area unless everyone knows who you are.
0: Yeah, John, I want to show this just for one brief second. This is the form that uh, all, all right. FBS teams use. Uh, this one happens to be, uh, the big tens, you know, has got the big tens logo on it. Uh, but all of them use the same form, uh, without the big Ten's logo. It's it's the NCA mandated form basically. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you will notice on there that has to be attested to by the head coach and the athletic director or his designee, uh, down in the bottom middle and bottom right. So this is, this is what we're talking about. This is a big deal. Okay. So, uh, Michigan uh, pretty much caught red handed cheating. Uh, It would be pretty easy. You know, they suspended Connor Stallions. It would be pretty easy for Michigan to investigate this, uh, especially because of the paper trail that's been alluded to by a lot of folks. And whether, I mean, and the money. I mean, you just follow the money and it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy if you're his employer to say, hey, Connor, come on in. Let's help, help me understand all this. And somebody outside of football leads that. And pretty quickly, and I mean within three hours, you know what you're dealing with. So Michigan's done that, presumably. If they haven't, <laughs> Ward Manuel, what are you doing? Uh, so if Ward Manuel has not done that already, uh, that, would be, that would be stunning. Uh, Ward Manuel, who I want to quickly reference, he's one of the uh, representatives on the College Football Playoff Committee. College Football Playoff Committee, just Tuesday night, Uh, made their first announcement, their rankings. And uh, I believe it was Boo Kerrigan, who is their spokesman. Boo says, hey, listen, this whole potential thing with Michigan, that's not an issue for us. That's an issue for the NCAA. And the NCAA, as we all know, deals with things a year, two years, three years down the road. So that sounds like a talking point from Ward. I'm looking for your perspective on that, John.
1: Yeah, I heard that. And Boo and the NC State AD, making those comments uh, coming out of the initial rankings on Tuesday evening. And um, I heard that comment and said, okay, that's certainly one perspective. And, and I guarantee you've you've heard the same in, in the 48 36 hours since then, going on 48 hours since then. What I overwhelmingly hear from coaches and people in the industry that are putting uh, their bodies on the line, if it's players or their livelihoods on the line as coaches, is that yeah, you can take that approach, but you're looking at their body of work and saying, yeah, they got to 8-0 and they're the most dominant team out there or one of the most dominant teams out there, but you're not factoring how did they get that dominance. That's what coaches want. If there's there's all this um, seeming evidence to show that they have cheated to become that dominant. that's Look, that's not opinion. That's what continues to mount every single day. You've had 12 different, a minimum of 12 different Big Ten schools indicate that Connor Stallions or, or some representative thereof tried to buy tickets and fi- and presumably film their signals within their home stadiums. Uh, again, teams that Michigan would be playing or conceivably could be playing for the Big Ten Championship. Beyond that, Scott, we know we've both been told, I know I've been adamantly told um, that Connor Stallions worked to scout SEC teams, specifically Tennessee and Georgia, and, and took at things uh, even beyond the, the level of merely scouting those teams for trying to determine their signals. So I think that's what people are frustrated with. Yes, that was the comments from the College Football Playoff Committee spokesperson, uh, Bu Corrigan, the other night, who sort of the voice of that entity this year, but you cannot separate the two. You cannot say we're not looking at that. We're looking at what Michigan's done on the field. This is not about what Michigan has done on the field. It's how Michigan has done that on the field. And you—you um, you made the point. The NCAA. Um, and I would remind the NCAA is not like the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. The NCAA is made up of its constituents and, and its its body of people that form those committees that then probe these things. But it makes glaciers look fast in movement. So um, the Big Ten can step in. Michigan can step in. Michigan stepped in this year to begin the year and said, we're going to support Jim Jim Harbaugh serving this voluntary three-game suspension only after the NCAA said, no, nah, four games is not enough. We're, we're going to continue our process into the alleged recruiting violations that took place during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, when everyone was was for the most part adhering to the recruiting dead periods, except for maybe Michigan. And we know Tennessee was not. So that's that's to me the big issue. You can't talk about we're not looking at that as a factor. We're
0: looking at how dominant they've been on the factor. They're completely interconnected elements. So the NCA, as you said, nobody has confidence. The NCA will get in there and take action. You know, within the season, uh, literally not a human I've spoken with. Uh, the NCA might have some investigators in there trying to do some legwork and things like that, but uh, actually taking action, no shot. So Michigan could take action. Um, the Big Ten theoretically could take action, and so that's what that's what other coaches are calling for. They're saying, "Hey, listen." This is it, step back and look three years ago, Michigan was pretty darn bad. And all of a sudden, Michigan's become pretty darn good. And then you got video that the teams have a sideline video. They got way more than has been released to the public of Connor Stallion standing there literally yes. whispering in the ear, yelling in the ear of the coordinators, and Jim's paying attention to him. Um or, or is he
1: communicating via other means on the sidelines? We don't know that either. I think that's, that's what a lot of people are are coming to, are waiting to see if, it, if it's unearthed in this investigation is we know he was on the sidelines. We know he was talking to coaches. Was he only talking person-to-person to, person to coach coaches or was there another method in which he was communicating?
0: All right. So what happens, John, in your opinion, what happens? And, too- and how, does this, how does this impact Jim Harbaugh's legacy? Yeah, when when he
1: when he tried to um, skirt that question earlier this week, and I give a lot of credit to those Michigan reporters who were told point blank, "It's the press conference started. We're going to talk about Purdue. There's a lot of things we can't answer." Um, they ask about his contract and whether or not an extension had been rescinded. They ask about his legacy. They ask about all of this. So I give those Michigan reporters a tremendous amount of credit for the way they handled that. It has to it has to tarnish his legacy. It has to impact his legacy. He's not being accused of this in years that he was going nine and three or 10 and two and losing to their two biggest rivals or losing to South Carolina in a bowl game or Florida in a bowl game or whomever. This is coming amidst not only his personal greatest success atop the Michigan program, but the most success Michigan's had since Lloyd Carr was there in 1997. So it's impossible right now to separate the two. And with every image on earth that shows Connor Stallions on a Michigan sideline and prominent placement, be it somewhere near Harbaugh or near mentor, the defensive coordinator or whomever, it just further casts shadows on the legacy of Jim Harbaugh. Scott, your thoughts?
0: Well, um, there's no doubt in my mind, this has tainted Jim. I uh, really, and that upsets Jim greatly. Uh, Jim, believes he's he's at another, you know, untouchable level. And uh, the rest of the world doesn't see that. And that's going to upset Jim in a big way. And I don't know if Jim doubles down and says, I- I'm I'm in Michigan the rest of my life, and I'm going to prove this was not who I am. Or if, if Jim says, I'm tired of this, I'm going back to the league, uh, and tries to get an NFL job like he has in the past, and it just had not worked out. Uh, some of the things I find comical are, you know, there's all this, these leaks from various people, in you know, Michigan, oh, Michigan's going to, they're going to sign him to a new deal any day now. Well, they could have signed him to a new deal any day for the last three months, last three years. They could have done that at any point. And now uh, Santa Ono is coming out saying, uh, so much faith in Jim and, you know, get a new deal done. Okay. Well, That's interesting and all. And and the Michigan guys are like, well, they would never sign him to a new deal if he really did anything wrong. Well, that's just not the case. What the potential issue is here in the holdup, the reason why they haven't announced an extension already is Jim objecting to the for cause language. So it's a big, big deal. And I say a big deal. I mean, you're talking about 50 million, 100 million dollar deal. On the table, if they if Michigan can terminate him for a cause for what his uh, staff did, and goodness, if there's any indication that Jim knew about this, they can fire him for cause right now. Um, that's $50 million, $100 million. I mean, think Mel Talker is losing what, $70, $80 million? Yeah. Jim, Jim's about to lose the same amount of money if they can pin this on Jim. So it, the extension means absolutely nothing, it's the language that they can trip him up for cause. And that's what Jim is likely objecting to. And that's why they haven't done a deal yet.
1: Yeah. And and I think it's important to note that it's been leaked out there um, that they wanted, especially before this blew up, that they intended to sign him and make him the highest paid coach in college football. Well, if that's the case, then you're talking a minimum of 12 million per year where the market is right now, he would have to go to 12 plus million per year. So even a five-year deal, you're talking a 60 plus million in value. So I I just want to put in perspective the dollars at play there, because we already know there are a handful of coaches, Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart's right in there that are over at or over the 11 million mark. So to make him the highest paid, which apparently was an objective at some point in these negotiations for his side, their side, I'm not sure all sides, but that would at least have to be a minimum of 12 million per. So that's, that's very um, I think telling just the, the scope of the, the money on the line here with exactly what's going on. And, and for cause language, let's also make clear that's in every single coaching contract of any, that's in coaching contracts at the NFL, not just the collegiate level, but everyone has that.
0: The NFLs are fully guaranteed. Um, right. It's, it's, it's different. Uh, there's still, there's all sorts of cause languages to right, right. hire him. Uh, but in the NFL, it, it's still guaranteed money. Uh, it's just a different animal. That's a, it's right. a that's a league. This is, you're dealing with state law here right. in the Michigan. It's it's different stuff. But in the um, NFL, they have some behavioral clauses or things
1: that could void a contract. It's similar to the college level. Yes, they're they're fully guaranteed, but you do have some behavioral clauses. Like if you if you cause immense um, embarrassment to the organization or something like that,
0: and that is where Michigan State Mel Tucker is. To be honest, right. that's what tripped him up there. Um, whew, yeah, this this impacts Jim Harbaugh's legacy. I just don't see any possible way it doesn't. Jim, it has to say, just like Jim McElwain had to say, he did not know Connor Stallions on island, uh-huh. Jim Harbaugh has to say uh, he had no personal knowledge of this Connor Stallions, the the level to which he was going, and all those things. The fascinating thing is, how does no one have Connor Stallions? On record, you know, speaking yet, um, if Michigan has not interviewed him multiple times, and, and I mean the university of, or more likely than not, they'll use outside counsel so they can keep it uh, outside public domain. So Michigan is probably hired outside counsel, outside counsel will come in and speak with him on the university's behalf. And then it goes behind the wall of the law firms and it's, it, it could take a long time to play out.
1: Yeah, and, and one thing I want to note uh, to your point about surely Michigan has spoken to him right now. Um, there are a couple of things, and, and surely there would be record of it. You referenced sideline video. Um, it's much like the replay booth. The replay booth has angles of the field that we never see. There's are sideline. Here, here's the other thing I would note. Um, almost every single facility out there now, especially one like the University of Michigan, you're either going to have to have a card that lets you swipe into the building some of them now are, have added the fingerprint scanner, uh, and some of them have a digital code. But there would be a record of Connor Stallions going in and out of those buildings all the time. Uh, there's typically security video in these state-of-the-art, $100 million football offices, facilities. I can't imagine um, that if there was truly nothing to this, Michigan wouldn't just say, look, here's our video evidence. Here's all of our security footage from inside the the Schimbeckler Center. There's nothing. Nobody talks to Connor Stallions. This guy's sitting off by himself. They've not done that because they cannot do that. And I think that that is incredibly significant. The other thing I would note is, though, he does have a military background. Um, so there's there's some respect involved there. But there's also no compulsion. They can't legally force him to testify. He's going to lose his job regardless. And if he's that devoted to Michigan, he could just say, I'm not talking.
0: He's He's cooked either way. Yeah, um, nearly every every Power 5 team that I am aware of films their own sideline. Uh, so that film exists. Right. Uh, Michigan has access to that. The public does not. Uh, but there's a lot of video out there. And if yes. Ward Manuel really wanted to understand what's going on, if he didn't already know, Ward could get to the bottom of this pretty quickly. Um it's completed. just, does he want to? Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of money on the line with a potential national championship. And Michigan's teams looked like a juggernaut thus far. They've played absolutely no one. I get that. Literally no one. I get but they, they got a couple of tests coming up. Yeah. And then uh, obviously Ohio State at the end and then Big Ten championship and then playoffs. So yeah, I don't see anything. I don't see anyone stepping in. I don't see the Big Ten commissioner. Stepping in and stopping this—it's too valuable to the Big Ten commissioner, to be honest.
1: Yeah, well, but overwhelmingly, the coaches are, are. You going to put the health of one program over the entire conference, and that's what—that's the message that I hear, and that's the message from from Big Ten assistants that I've spoken with to ACC to beyond. There's such a perception that Michigan cheated the game, and I think that's where this stands, and that's why I think the Big Ten of uh, Irrevocably damages itself if it doesn't intervene here. I'm, I'll just leave it at that.
0: I will tell you, last week, not so much this week. Uh, I don't think anybody's shocked by anything else that's coming out. Last week, I got texts from head coaches all across the country saying, "There's no way Jim survives this in Michigan." Right. right. So, I mean that—that's the level of uh, disappointment, disgrace that that these other coaches feel for Jim like yep. this is really bad yep. in their eyes. This is integrity of the game stuff. Yep. This is also how people get hurt. I mean to your point. Yep. When when you know what play is coming and you can call up the perfect defense, the perfect blitz, you can you you can get people hurt. Careers can end. Yeah. I'm I'm
1: mediocre at blackjack and terrible at poker, and I can do pretty darn well at both if I know exactly what card's coming next. Well said.
0: He's John D. Bryce, one on Twitter. I'm Football Scoop. Um, I appreciate everybody's time today. We will continue to cover this. Uh, we do expect more to play out in the next ten days. There, are uh, I was told as early as this morning. Uh, there are some investigators on campus looking into financial records. And uh, guys, I spoke to said Scott, if there really are, if this went through the business office at University of Michigan, this is that's how you that's how this gets become a huge yeah. problem for michigan and the guys are, i'm speaking with are in disbelief that that's even a possibility that they didn't just pay cash right. or pay him on the side outside the outside of the the business office if it went through the business office this is uh yeah. lights out for a lot of people yeah it takes takes everybody down Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right all right my brother uh we'll stay on top of everything on footballscript.com thanks everybody